Welcome to this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. I am Stuart Blythe, a member of the faculty ADC and the Dean of Chapel. Here, you'll get a chance to hear perceptive and powerful sermons which were delivered by staff, faculty, students, alumni and guests as part of our weekly Wednesday Chapel services. Welcome to chapel this morning. It's a, it's a blessing for us to be here. Uh, it's good to see you all amazing people. It's been a long time since I was in this place. If you're joining us online, we want to thank you for joining us as we worship the Lord this morning and hear from the word of the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. We want to rejoice and be glad in it. And let us pray. Father, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you this morning for your mercies, for they are new every morning. That even this morning, you shower us with your mercies. You pour out your spirit upon us, Lord. Father, we come to you and pray that God, you will encourage us, you will inspire us through the preaching of your word. Lord, may I cease to be that you will be this morning as I stand, speak through me. And I pray that God, you will pour out your spirit to teach us. That we will have the ear of the land as we learn to hear from you on a daily basis. We thank you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Today I traveled with my wife, Lois. Uh, we've been moving together with that young lady for years. <laughs> for 23 years, we've been moving from one village to another village, from one town to another town, and uh, from country to country, and she's, she's here to keep me in line, such that I don't, uh, I don't deviate from, from the line. But I want to thank the leadership of Acadia Divinity College for giving me an opportunity to come and be able to have fellowship with you. I don't take it for granted. I honor the grace and the anointing of God in this place, and uh, I appreciate. Thank you indeed for inviting me. And as I was uh, reflecting on what I was going to share today, I kept moving back and forth and praying, and I realized that uh, I needed to uh, to come and finish up my preaching class because uh, <laughs> I have not finished it. Uh, but God has put a message in my heart, and that is a message titled Fuel for the Mission. Fuel for the Mission. Now, four months ago, I got myself into a mission impossible. <laughs> I had a number of activities that were equally important that I had to take care of. That very morning on Tuesday, I woke up and I had to take my son to Halifax Waterfront. He had been invited for a boat building project. Dropped him off and ran back to Dartmouth where I had to prepare for Holy Communion because at 1.30 I had a service where I was supposed to preach and also do Holy Communion. As soon as I got off the pulpit on that Tuesday afternoon, I got in the car with my wife and I came to the valley because I was on a house hunting mission. I needed to rent a house in the valley. We looked around for a couple of houses and decided that we needed to go back to Dartmouth because at five, we needed to pick our son 
from where we had dropped him off. Everything was tight and equally important. We drove back after a long journey, only towards the end of the journey, to realize that our fuel, our gas in the car was on the law. <laughs> the light was on red, and we did not know that we would make it. I pulled out my phone only to realize that the battery was dead. <laughs> I asked my wife, could you bring your phone? I need to call someone to bail us out. And my wife told me, my battery is all gone. <laughs> I told her, you know, let us drive a little bit longer, we shall make it. No sooner had I said we would make it, the car came to a screeching stop in the middle of the road. Fuel for the mission. <laughs> How the story ends will be a story for another day. Friends, friends, we need fuel for the mission. As I was reflecting at that time, I was afraid of whether police was going to come, whether traffic would find me there. I did not know who to call at that very hour. What are the chances that you can accomplish the mission you have been given if you're low on your fuel tank? Where I come from in Africa, we drive our vehicles on red every time. You're putting $10 to the next destination. When the light goes on, you ask your co-driver, when did the light go on? Then he says, Two minutes ago, he said, okay, we still have some 15 miles to go. <laughs> Jesus tells his disciples in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18, that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And behold, I am with you to the ends of the world. He turns around in Mark 16 and gives them the same promise, the same command in verses 15 that go preach the gospel in all nations. Those who believe and are baptized will be saved. After he is dead, he resurrects and comes back to life and moves around in the Acts of Apostles chapter 1 and he tells them something different. He tells them being assembled. What does he tell them? Together he commanded them that do not depart right. from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which you have heard me speak. I guess at that moment the disciples are asking him, Jesus, do you want us to go or you don't want us to go? <laughs> should we wait or we should go and preach the gospel to all the nations? How do you go yet without departing? is the question. I guess at that time they needed him to clarify the instructions. One of those days when the Hebrew professor gives you a question and you just want him to give you a little bit more instruction on how to work around it. <laughs> the disciples were called in that time saying, what does he really mean? He's the one who said go and now he says, please do not depart. 
friends gathered here today, you cannot depart without going. For you to go, you need to depart. They had been around, and in verses 5, the Bible says, it tells them that truly John baptized with water, but as for you, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And friends gathered here, they did not get it. They didn't get it. They turned around and told him, Master, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They had a mission within a mission. They had been under the oppression of the Romans for quite a long time. And when Jesus rises from the dead, they turn around and say, Okay, it is time for the yoke of the Romans to be broken by a man who rose from the dead. The man who feeds those who are hungry. A man who raises those that are in the trenches of life. They thought that this was the hour and this was the time. And he tells them, no, 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 no. Not yet the time. You don't have to depart. And in verses 8, he gives them, and he tells them in verses 5, that, you know, it is not up to you to know the times and the seasons that the Father has put in his own authority. It reminds me the writer from Glenn Wooden who used to say that some things are above my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> Friends gathered here today, there are things, there are issues that God has put in his own authority. Ours is to just follow the mission. I get there, he gets there and tells them, no, 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 it's not the hour. He tells them, do not go. Wait until the power of the Holy Spirit is given to you. Then you will be my disciples in verses 8. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and into the utmost parts of the world. He clarifies the instruction and says, before you go, you need to be empowered. Before you go, you need the fuel for the mission. You need to get to where you are empowered for you not to be able to lose hope. When Jesus died, the disciples came to a standstill. Two of them decided to go to the road to a mouse. We are done. Another one said, you're not going to go back fishing. They went to a standstill and stopped. He resurrects and tells them, you know, I think you need to go back and feel. Go to Jerusalem, turn away there 10 days until you are empowered. Many times our lives get to a standstill and we need to refuel, we need to recharge, we need to get fuel for the mission. A car that is not fueled will not do its job. Being fueled makes us efficient. Jesus knew that they needed the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 19, verses 15. He knew that the, the, he knew of the young man who went around casting out demons, and the demons turned around and said, For Paul we know, Jesus we know, but who are you? He knew that they needed that strength, the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew what he meant when he said in John chapter 14, verses 26, that when the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will come, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance everything I have taught you. 
Many times what we hang on is for us to say, Holy Spirit, bring to remembrance. I don't know how many times I came to this chapel to pray that God will bring to remembrance at least one idea, at least one statement that I could write in my Hebrew class. <laughs> Friends gathered here today, we are cold, but we need fuel for the journey. Here at Acadia Divinity College, you all know that we say that we exist. Why do we exist? We exist to equip Christians for the mission of God in the church and in the world by transforming it through the power of God. We say we transform the world with the power of God. But I have an announcement for you today. We cannot talk about transformation. We cannot talk about transformative power without the enablement of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Transformative power as we study, as we teach, will become a reality when we embrace the one who was promised as a helper, as an enabler, as an empowerer to the church. When I think about it, I understand that Jesus knew what he was talking about. He himself needed that power when he said in Acts of Apostles, chapter 10, verse 38, that this is how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good, healing those who were oppressed, for God was with him. Then tell me that we don't need it. Transformative power comes through accepting and embracing that. Fueling for the mission, my brothers and sisters gathered here, is a call to pray. We see the disciples in Acts of Apostles, chapter 1, verses 14. The Bible says they continued in prayer and supplication with all the women, including the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Fueling will cost us the need to pray. We look at Jesus' example in Mark chapter, five, chapter 1, verse 35. The Bible says every morning he woke up. Before the sun was up and he went to a desolate, desolate place and he prayed. For you to fuel for your mission, it is a call to pray. Yeah. Jesus set an example. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the Bible says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Those who come to him should believe that he is and is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. Not casually. Therefore, if you're going to go on mission, if you're going in a mission field, if you're pastoring a church, you need to get to where you say, like Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 says, that they devoted themselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. The temptation that I have received, that I go through every day has always been that for us, when we go to the mission field, we forget and cut off the fuel that is made to propel us into the mission ground. Yeah. 
We quickly absorb the ideas of the day in the mission field, in the marketplace, and we believe that the ideas in the marketplace are going to transform the world with God's transformative power. We forget that those ideas in the mission field, in the marketplace, have always been there, but they have never transformed it. If you go to my village in Kitonosi, people don't put on shoes and you arrive there as a missionary and say, okay, I am going to transform this village. And the only way I can transform this village is for me not to put on shoes because they don't put on shoes. Yeah. It becomes a challenge. So I'm going to transform them. Being relevant does not mean that I am uprooted. I need to be relevant but still remain rooted in the word of God, in the principles set forth in God's word. I cannot respond to a call to serve in a church and because they, they are not praying in the church, pastor, I am not going to pray because that's the way how I am going to transform them. Oh, I am in trouble if I do that. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm, I'm going to respond to the call of God. And you know, they... They, they do it this way. <laughs> they have not had a season of fasting for ten for, for one day in the last 15 years. And you say, okay, if I call for a day of prayer and fasting, I am fired. <laughs> you can be relevant and yet remain rooted yeah. in the word yeah. of God. Yeah. You cannot change that which looks like you. Wow. Paul, the apostles, were distinct. They did not have to look like the world to be able to transform the world. Friends gathered here today, to change an environment, you must be distinctively different. Amen. Yesterday I went to Kenya in the marketplace, and I found there some meat. And I realized that for salt to preserve the meat, it does not need to behave like the meat. The day the soul starts to behave like meat, it ceases to preserve it. Yeah. The day light starts to become like darkness, it will never be able to disperse, to disperse the darkness off. All I am saying, my brothers and sisters gathered here today, that we need fuel for this mission. Yes. Under the working of the Holy Spirit, we are transformed. We can't be pedestrians anymore on this mission that we have as Christians. Yeah. I had to walk for kilometers looking for where to refuel. By the time I came back, I was tired, I was discouraged, I was grumpy. You cannot run the mission as a pedestrian walking on foot, you need the power of the Holy Spirit, friends. You need it. I must say that I get to a point where I get hungry. I say, God, I need it. I need something different. I need God to give us what makes us effective in this world. We cannot be slow when the world around us is perishing. We cannot be slow when people are getting all crazy kind of ideas and they are dying. We need 
speed in our mission. We need a refill. We need to get there. I want to say that fuel for the mission requires us to be equipped. It requires us to be equipped. The Bible says in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 42, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were equipping themselves. Paul inspires Timothy and tells him, you know, you need to refuel by starting to show thyself approved, a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, you need to equip yourself. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. In the era of AI, we still need to be equipped. <laughs> AI does not prepare Holy Communion in church. AI does not bring the anointing of God and the action of the Holy Spirit in church. The last time I checked, AI does not do assignments at Acadia Divinity College. We need, we need to be equipped, friends. We need to prepare. Many mistakes happen when as a church we cannot equip ourselves. The Bible says in the book of Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 that my people perish for lack of knowledge. You need to get to a level where you can go to Spencer's class and get some theory. From there, move to Stuart's class and get some practicals of how you can be a better preacher than him. From there, you move to John's class and get the practicals of how you can be a wonderful minister and a wonderful pastor. Don't forget to go to my friend's class, the bishop, to learn how to lead. After you have done all that in equipping yourself, go to Anna Robin's class. She will teach you how to balance the ideas when culture and situations are challenged. What I'm saying, fuel for the mission requires you to be equipped. I want to say that fuel for the mission calls for self-care. This is where I tend to fail every now and again. Fuel for the mission calls for self-care. Like a vehicle goes into the garage for service, you do all change, wheel alignment, summer tires and winter tires, you get to know that everything is safe. Your soul as a Christian, as a, as a pastor, as a teacher, as, as an individual, you need to take care of your soul. Doug Fields one time said that nobody will ever care about your heart more than you do. My wife reminds me every morning that the influence and the power of my ministry can only go as far as I can care for my soul. That is what she pulls out when she knows that I'm running on empty. Somehow, somewhere, if you do not retreat, if you do not pray, if you do not rest, if you do not renew, if you do not recharge, Whichever state you're in, you are bound to burn out. 
And what's to burn out, you start to hear all sorts of theories. The church is going down. The church is dead. No, the church is not dead. And it's not going anywhere. Jesus has built the church on the rock. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. If you're burning out, retreat, refuel, and let us attack. For the mission is made clear with the instructions of Jesus. Friends, a Christian that is not refueled, replenished, and recharged starts to experience discouragement. They go into disconnection. They become discontented. They start to be to feel as if no one is noticing us. When you start to feel fatigue every time, my son tells me, Dad, why do you look angry and grumpy today? He realizes that I am on the loose of burning out. When you notice that, you know that your life needs a refuel. Romans chapter 12, verses 11. The Bible says in a message version, uh, I, I will borrow that for today even when I'm at the Divinity College. <laughs> <laughs> the message version says, do not burn out. Keep your lives fueled aflame. Be alert. Servants of the Master. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 emphasizes it that do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. The mission we are on requires us to refuel. My brothers and sisters, in their hustle and bustle of doing everything, I forgot to prepare for the main mission. I forgot four months ago I was busy with the mission, I was busy with everything, I was running around and I forgot that I needed to refuel for this journey. I forgot to make sure that fuel was in the car, it was out of gas, trying to run on empty will destroy us friends. The skill of the driver and the strength of the car was nullified just because it did not have fuel. Many times we get to a point and the mission becomes more important and we forget to turn back. I came here today to tell you that we need fuel for the mission. I wake up every morning, it is one thing that I need. I tell God I am tired. I am tired and I need strength. I get to a point where I say, God, without you I cannot make it. It doesn't matter whether I have done something or not done something at the end of the day. I need God to pour out a, a cloud of his presence around me. I need the effectiveness that comes from him. I need the skill that is needed for me to be effective as a minister of the gospel. Whether I am in class studying or I am in class teaching, I need fuel for this mission. We live in times when we need to prepare. You talk about skill for the mission, you need to be able to prepare and read harder and study harder so that the winds of 
from doctrine will not be able to sway you aside there and here and you fall away. Preaching is both the gift of the individual preaching, but at a greater point, it takes an empowerment of the Holy Spirit for you to be able to deliver a message that will transform the world. I wake up on a daily basis and say, God, give me the energy. God, give me a reward. God, I need the fuel to be able to survive. This morning, you may be here, and as you think through your life, you don't know where you stand like me. Probably you're tired and you're saying, God, I'm just tired. I feel as if I am pushing a mountain. At times, when they invite you to pray for someone who is sick, the only thing you can remember to say is, God, I hope the doctors will do a better job. Because even the faith to say, God, heal, is far away from you. Probably you've not fueled, you've not prayed, you've not rested, you've not refueled, you've not replenished, you've not made the, 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 the relationships that can rejuvenate you. And you say, God, refuel us. Today, may God refuel you. May God replenish you. May God give you strength in the mission that he has called you. You have a date with destiny. For us to achieve that destiny, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us close our eyes. As we close our eyes, let us allow the Spirit of God to rejuvenate us, to point out those areas where we need fuel. To help us be the servants, the ministers that he has called us to be. To put our cars, our lives on a wheel alignment machine and allow us to embrace the spirit of God that gives us strength for this mission. Thank you for joining us in this Acadia Divinity College Chapel Podcast. You can follow us on social media. Discover more on our website at acadiadiv.ca or join us for chapel on a Wednesday.